Go with me please to the book of James. The book of James. And then also we're going to look in uh, Hebrews. We're going to James 1. Then we'll go to Hebrews 3. We've been on this subject for some weeks called the power of patience. And uh, believe it or not, you should believe it, but we've been excited about patience. (laughs) And uh, some folks think, well, oh boy, you know, patience. And uh, I've actually heard preachers say, oh, you know, I prayed for patience one time. I won't ever do that again. Oh man, never had so much trouble. Don't ever pray for patience. That's an ignorant thing to say. When you understand what patience is, you come to desire it. You want to learn and grow because it is one of the biggest factors in you getting from where you are now to where you need to be. To getting, you know, the things that you desire and need. Having results in your life. In James 1 verse 2. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Everybody say joy. 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 Verse 3. Knowing this. Now, you know, just you're not going to be glad about challenges just because challenges are there. But you can be glad in the midst of challenges because of what you know. Knowing that the trying of your faith works patience. It exercises it. The trying of your faith, you could say the testing of your faith. Your faith will be tested. Time, the passage of time will test your faith. Will you keep believing or will you give up and quit? The trying of your faith works patience, but that's not the end. Your patience is getting exercised. Your patience is getting worked. And that's also how it gets developed. Just like a muscle. If you exercise it and have resistance, then it'll get stronger. It'll get bigger. And that's how you get stronger patience and how you get stronger faith. You don't get faith by people laying hands on you. You don't get faith by praying for faith and begging and asking for faith. Faith comes by here. That's how it comes. But then it's developed by exercising it, actually walking in faith. And the same thing with patience. So the next time you're tempted to uh, be impatient, recognize it as an opportunity to work out. (laughs) See, a lot of people, maybe they're in a long line at the grocery store. Maybe they're on the strip in traffic. (laughs) And uh, they've got somewhere to be, and the time is up, and these guys act like they're from out of town and don't know where they are. And... And uh, you're tempted to what? What are you tempted to be? Impatient. And if you just yield to being impatient and irritated and aggravated, and how many of you can mess up your witness by yelling things out the window and (laughs) shaking your fist? (laughs) Then if you happen to meet them and y'all wind up going to the same place and you're, you're at the restaurant and the table beside them and and the Lord deals with you to talk to him about him. It's challenging. Because <laughs> they just don't see you in that light right now. 
And the more you yield to impatience, you just, you know, you, you short patience and impatient. And that's not a good thing. That's, did you know you don't have any more faith than you do patience? So if you think, well, man, I got a lot of faith, but patience is not my strong point. No, you're confused. You don't have any more faith than you do patience. Now, we'll see this kind of thing as we go. Verse 3, knowing this, the trying of your faith works patience. What should you do? Verse 4, let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Is patience a good thing? What will patience do for you? It'll help get you to the place where you are complete, you are happy, you're satisfied, you got everything you needed, everything you wanted, you want nothing. You lack for nothing. Complete and entire, wanting nothing. Look in the third chapter of Hebrews, please. Hebrews 3, and what is it, about verse uh, 14. It says, we're made partakers of Christ if, if, if we do what? Hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. It's not just getting off to a good start. You got to stay with it. How long? To the end. There's a lot of folk get off to a good start. They get excited about what the Lord said, but then they don't, they don't last very long. You remember Jesus talked about the, what we call the parable of the sower and how the sower sowed the word. And he sowed the word, he sowed the seed of the word on four different types of ground. Wayside ground, stony ground, thorny ground, good ground. And did you realize that only one of those four different types of ground got any results? Three of the four got no results from the word sown into their life. I know maybe folks don't like to think about that, but that's, that's got to be true. It's got to be true today. We like to think, of course, you know, preachers like to think, that everybody that heard the message got it and their life was changed and it was better. But according to Jesus, three out of four is not going to get any results. Why? Not because the word is not powerful. It's not a word problem, it's a ground problem. Heart problem. And so, notice the different types of ground. The wayside ground meant that, uh, you know, it never got in. The word came, but it never got in. Never got in the heart, never got in the mind, they never understood it. So, it was like they never heard it. And then one, you know, the thorny ground, they heard it. They got excited about it, but they had so much other stuff going on in their life until it choked it out. They just had no time for it. But then one said they didn't have a a deep reception and it lacked moisture. And when persecution, when things arose because of the word, by and by they were offended. In other words, when it got hot, when the pressure came, they faded, they wilted, they quit, they gave up. And that's what we're talking about. Uh, Patience doesn't do that. Patience perseveres, endures, keeps on believing, and won't give up and quit. And uh, here in the sixth chapter of Hebrews, let's read this, Hebrews 6.12. He said that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience 
inherit the promises. How do you inherit? Faith and patience. Verse 13, for when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, surely blessing, I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply you. Is this a true word that God said? Is it a sure word? Should you believe it? How long should you believe it? Well, how long will it be true? Then how long should you believe it? And that's what patience is. Patience just keeps believing it and does not change. No matter what it looks like, feels like, looks better, looks worse, feels better, feels worse. If it was true then, still true now. Amen. Keep believing the same thing. And uh, verse 15, and so after Abraham had patiently endured, what happened? He got it. Amen. Right? He obtained. The promise. He got it. Somebody say thank you Lord. Lord. Now in previous messages. We got into this in detail. We looked at the story of Abraham. And his faith. And we saw where God told him. Took him out you know. And showed him in the night sky. All the stars. And said can you count the stars. He said no. He said that's how many kids you're going to (laughs) have. And how many kids does he have right now? Zero. He said, can you count all the grains of sand on the seashore? No, no. He said, that's how many kids you're going to have. Did it come to pass? I'm looking at some of his kids right now. He's got a bunch of them. Bunch of them. And they just keep multiplying. But at that time, he had none. And yet God is a God who calls those things that be not. And changed his name. And called him Abraham. Father of many nations. But you know, when he told him that, I don't know what Abraham thought, but you know, he might have been expecting us to see some things pretty soon. Because this is a spectacular thing. God Himself's talking to you, asking you to look at the stars. And I mean, you know, something serious here. And so, you know what he sees in the next three years? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and the next 10 years after that, you know what he sees? Nothing. Nothing. And God keeps talking to him about his seed, his seed. And he's like, God, I don't have any seed. But 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years. And nothing, nothing, nothing except for they keep getting older and older and older. (laughs) So what's it looking like? He's 99 and she's 90. Looks like you're further from it than you've ever been. If you ever had a chance years ago, that's come and gone. And yet, did they get what God told them? How'd they get it? Look at it again. Look at it again. Verse 15, after he had patiently endured, he obtained. They got it. Isaac was born. Their bodies were changed. Sarah's body was changed so dramatically, she looked young again, I guess, if you put everything together. It's amazing. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. Nothing. And so he stood for these 25 years. But one thing that we've begun to to look at is that it would help us to see time more the way God sees it. 
And the scripture tells us that a thousand years with the Lord is like a day that is past. Psalms talks about it. Peter talks about it. Well, if that's so, then who's seeing it right? Him or us? Him. It's not too hard to figure this out. Five-year-olds, how long do they think a year is? They think a year is a century. But when you're 80 years old, how long does a year seem to you? You think, is it already 2013? Well, 2012 just got started. And see, that's just being around, you know, 70 extra years. What if you've been around millennia after millennia after millennia after millennia after millennia? Well, God sees it right. It's us that have it haven't seen it right. So if a thousand years is a, you know, like 24 hours with God, then a hundred years would be like 2.4 hours. So a long life would be a couple hours. And if you already live 50 years and you got about an hour left. God time. <laughs> the way he sees it. You know, I'm convinced that people that are now with God in heaven well, they're experiencing and perceiving time like he does. They're with him. And if they left, went home to be with the Lord 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and if we live another 50 years, I believe when we go to be with the Lord, they'll look up and go, you're already here? Because <laughs> to them, it was just, you know, a day or two ago, if that long. And so if a thousand years is like a day to him, God time, how long did Abraham have to stand and believe for what God told him came to pass? About 36 minutes. <laughs> God time. <laughs> Which would make a year about a minute and a half. So the big question is, can you trust God for 30 minutes? <laughs> because, see, if you can't trust God for 30 minutes, slash 25 years, then it's not the word that's the problem. It's your lack of faith. If you can't hold on, I mean, if you're going to let something knock you out and cause you to give up and quit and fret, then it's not the word with the problem. It's your lack of faith evidenced by your lack of patience or perseverance. Can you see this, friends? I've heard people say, well, I tried that and it didn't work. I, I tried that prayer stuff. I and you, of course, you know, by calling it stuff, you know they don't even respect it, right? I tried that giving stuff, that tithing stuff. I tried that confession, faith stuff. Didn't do me any good. No, honey, it tried you. And you failed. You quit. The Word does not fail. What He said does not fail. If it was true, it is true. It'll always be true. Whether you believe it or not, it'll still be true. But if you want to get benefits out of it, you got to get hold of it and believe it and never stop believing it. Can you say amen? amen. Say it out loud. I can, I can believe God, believe God for, 30 minutes. for 30 minutes. All right. I thought you could. <laughs> Hebrews 10 and 35. Hebrews 10, 35 says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence which has great recompense of reward. Does it pay to stay in there and believe God and not quit? 
It does. Verse 36. For you have need of patience. Tell your neighbor that. Say, you you have need of patience. (laughs) That after you've done the will of God, what would happen? You might receive the promise. Does this sound like other scriptures? You'll obtain. You'll get it. You'll receive. How do we get from where we are to where we know God wants us to be? To getting what we need. Getting what we desire. Faith and patience. Perseverance. Thank you, Lord. Turn with me to Romans, please. Romans, the the fifth chapter. Romans 5 and 1. He says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in hope. Say that out loud. Rejoice in hope. Say it again. Rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, maybe we'll see this if time permits. But oftentimes when you see the word patience, you'll see the word hope. And that term is actually used, patience of hope. Persevering in hope. And uh, faith, hope, and patience go together. Now the word hope is used differently in modern usage than in the Bible. If you ever heard somebody say, you know, do you think this is going to happen? That And people will say, I sure hope so. Well, that is not what it means in the Bible. Because that basically is a desire or a wish. I want it to be. I wish it would be. But in the Bible, look it up for yourself. Hope means joyous, confident expectation. Joyous or joyful, confident expectation. What are we talking about? Hope. What is Bible hope? Joyous, confident expectation. That's a very different thing from a wishing and a wanting. (laughs) Right? And it is the product of faith. If you have faith, you will have hope. And somebody might say, well, no, Brother Keith, you have hope first, and then you get your faith. No, no, no. Now, if you're using the word hope differently from the way the Bible uses it, maybe so, you can have desire before you get faith. But if you got joyous, confident expectation, why would you be expecting something? Because you believe something. You're persuaded of something. Faith is the substance of things what? Joyously, confidently expected. It's the foundation. That word substance also translated foundation. Keep reading. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Does that sound like James? Knowing that tribulation does what? Same thing. It works it. It works it. Your patience gets a workout. And that's how it develops. And patience that gets worked out results in what? Experience or proof. Or results. 
and experience hope. After you've seen it happen again and again and again, when something comes up, your first response should be, I expect it to happen again. Hope. Hope. And hope makes not ashamed. One translation says hope doesn't disappoint. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Turn with me on over to the 12th chapter of Romans. Romans 12 and 11. Now we're going to see these truths we're talking about now can help us identify whether we're in faith and how well we're doing in faith or whether we're not in faith or whether we're casting our confidence away, whether we're losing a battle or winning. Would you like to be real clear on that and see and know? It's not difficult. It's not complicated. Faith, patience, hope, and joy, and peace are things we're going to keep talking about and connecting. Romans 12 and 11. He said, not slothful in business, but fervent in spirit. You know, in Hebrews, he talked about not being slothful. Being slothful means being lazy, spiritually lazy. What does it mean, spiritually lazy? Well, it's easier just to quit, just to give up. So many of the modern doctrines in church are adaptations to spiritual slothfulness. (laughs) This teaching that everything that happens is the will of God. The teachings that God is in control and responsible for everything. If you want to be lazy spiritually, that's your church. Because no matter what happens, it's not my fault. No matter what doesn't happen, it's not my fault. It's all up to God. And nothing's up to me. What do I do? You know, you pray every prayer with an if it be thy will. Which if you analyze it, Let's say you're praying for healing. And you say, Lord, heal them if it be thy will. But if not, don't heal them. But of course, you're going to do what you're going to do. So you are already going to do what you were going to do before I prayed. So why am I praying? Because you're going to do what you're going to do. And that's the way a lot of folks believe. But it's not Bible. And it's not right. And it requires nothing of you. And you can be spiritually slothful. But no, the truth is, you're supposed to fight the good fight of faith. Right? You're supposed to rise up and lay hold and possess the land. And you're supposed to believe. And having done all to believe and stand, stand and through faith and patience, no matter if you have to believe for 30 minutes. Till you get what the Lord said. Romans 12, he said, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Verse 12, rejoicing in hope. Say that out loud. Rejoicing in hope. What's the next phrase? Patient in tribulation. What else? Instant in prayer. Rejoicing in hope, 
patient in tribulation or challenges, continuing instant in prayer. Don't, you know, pray without ceasing. Don't quit praying. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. The, today's English version says it like this. The TEV says, let your hope keep you joyful. Let your hope keep you joyful. Tell me what hope is. Joyous, confident, expectation. Now, why would you have joyous, confident expectation? Because you're fully persuaded of something. Because you believe something. You have faith. And because you believe something, you're expecting something. You have hope. And if you're expecting something good, and you're sure of it, makes you glad. And a lot of times when I talk about hope, I remember something the Lord taught me uh, years ago. We're just beginning in ministry. And I was believing for some things. And it hadn't happened. And time had passed, time had passed, and, and we, we needed it. And I was getting tempted to think, well, what's wrong? Is it not going to happen? And uh, the Lord brought this phrase to me. He said, son, Keith, if you just have as much faith in me as you had in Kellogg's, we can get this done. (laughs) And he reminded me when I was a little boy, growing up in Mississippi, rural Mississippi, we were 15 miles away from the nearest little town. And the mailbox was like, I don't know what, three quarters of a mile from the house, down a gravel road. And we were eating some kind of cereal. And on the back of the box, there was a submarine that would actually dive down to the bottom of the bathtub or whatever it was. And I would you put soda tablets in it or whatever it was, and would come back up and surface on the top. Oh, man. I thought I got to have one of these. And for X amount of box tops, and you put a little money with it, and you send it off, and they'll send you your submarine. So I got my box tops, and I got my little monies together, and I put it in the envelope and put the stamp on it. I think Mama helped me. And then I walked down the gravel road and got to the mailbox and put it in, raised the little red flag up. And uh, I, I know I knew, you know, probably I shouldn't, but the very next day I went to check to see <laughs> if it had come back. And uh, it had not come back yet. But I am joyously, confidently expecting my submarine. And I don't have a clue where Battle Creek, Michigan is. And I don't know any of those people up there, but I was absolutely convinced that they would do what they told me. I got faith off the back of a cereal box. Didn't I? They told me they were going to send me a submarine. (laughs) And I sent my box tops and my money to somewhere. Might as well have been another planet to me, Battle Creek, Michigan. (laughs) And every day I got more excited because I'm closer to it than I've ever been. My submarine's coming. (laughs) Am I expecting? Am I glad about it? I'm confident. Yes. See, as a little kid, you know, that's one reason uh, it's so important 
to get faith and the word in little ones because they're not burdened with all the junk and the skepticism. They will flat believe God. Now, if you, they will, you tell them and they'll believe it and it'll happen. And the Bible said if we'll be changed and become like a little child, we'll enter in. We'll get results. And so uh, if I could have faith off of something off the back of a cereal box, why can't I have faith in this, right? Amen. What the Lord is telling me, if you just have as much faith in me as the little boys you had in Kellogg's, we'll get this. Amen. And sure enough, one day, here it was. The box was in the, uh, they had to leave the lid open because the box stood out, you know. Oh, man. What a time we had. We got water all over the bathroom. <laughs> But we dove and surfaced and dove and surfaced. Well, can we count on God as much as the good folks at Battle Creek at Catalogs? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And if you're in faith, you're going to have that hope, that joyous, confident expectation. Uh, In the 12th chapter, we read it again. He said, let your hope keep you joyful. Proverbs 10:28, you don't need to turn there, but Proverbs 10:28 says, "The hope of the righteous shall be gladness." Gladness. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness. Colossians 1. Colossians 1 and 11 talks about us being strengthened with all might according to the Lord's glorious power unto what? Unto what all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. With joyfulness. Now go with me to Isaiah, please. Isaiah, how can I tell if I'm in faith? How can I tell if I'm losing ground, if I'm fading, if I'm getting weary and casting my confidence away, or if I'm doing good? Your joy and your peace. Romans talks about this. The, in fact, just put it up on the screen for us. Romans 15, 13. You're going to Isaiah 40. Romans 15, 13 says, Now the God of hope. You know he was the God of hope? Fill you with all what? Joy and peace in believing that you may do what? Abound in joyous, confident expectation through the power of the Holy Ghost. If you are really in believing, you're really in faith, you will have expectation. And that will give you joy. And if you're confident in the expectation, that will give you peace. Won't it? If you're annoyed, if you're aggravated, If you're frustrated, you're not doing good. I said you're not doing good. I know uh, uh, the Lord said that to me some, this must be 20 plus years ago. I remember distinctly I was getting on the on ramp on an interstate and I was right by myself in the car and there'd been some things going on and I was, I was aggravated about it. And uh, some things we're believing for and it it hadn't happened, hadn't happened. And it was uh, worse than when we started. And I was aggravated, not saying a thing. And the Lord just spoke to my heart. This this simple phrase. He said, frustration isn't faith. Frustration 
isn't faith. I thought, well, I'm frustrated. (laughs) Of course, why would he say that to you? Is it good that you're not in faith? Is it good that faith preachers are not in faith on a Tuesday or a Wednesday? It's not good. It's not good for you not to be in faith. That's a way not to get help, not to get results, for things to just go bad and stay bad and get worse. No, we can't. Your flesh will want to be frustrated. Won't it? Don't look at me so sanctimoniously. You know what I'm talking about. Your flesh, your flesh will want to be aggravated and say dumb stuff and negative stuff so bad sometimes you'll have to bite your lip to keep from saying it. Why? Because you're tempted. You're being tempted. Because the enemy knows if he can't get you out of faith and out of expectation, he can't stop your miracle. He can't keep your answer from coming to pass. He's got to get you to shoot yourself in the foot with your own wrong believing in your mouth. And so you'll be tempted to go. And these thoughts and feelings will come to you. And they can be strong and they can be real and they can be persistent. You know, what's the use? I'm tired of this. This is going on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, for like. Two minutes, God time. <laughs> right? <laughs> See, the reason we think it's so long is because we're so young. We're just babies in this. We haven't been around very long. The older we get and the more developed we get, our perspective will get right. But for right now, we think a year or two or ten is a long time. It's not. And uh, you're getting annoyed, aggravated, irritated frustrated. This is not hope. This is not faith. The joy is missing. The peace is missing. You're not doing good. You keep going down this road, you're going to cast your confidence away. You're not going to get results. You're not going to get answers. So you can't afford that, can you? You can't afford to have a pity party. You can't afford to pitch a a temper fit. Can you? Well, do you want answers or not? Do you want miracles or not? You can't afford this stuff. I know it happens all the time. I know people think they can. But all you got to do is see how they're doing. Look at the results or lack thereof. And you'll see the problem. You cannot just flash out every time it strikes you. And get good results. (laughs) You got to keep it together. Believe God. Stay in faith. Stay in hope. Stay in joy. Stay in peace. What does it say? The God of hope, do what? Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, here's what we can check up on ourselves in Isaiah 40. Very familiar verse of scripture to many about waiting on the Lord. 40, 31. And patience has to do with enduring through the passage of time, which includes waiting. They that wait on the Lord will get tired and worn out. They that wait on the Lord will get irritated because it's taking so long. Are you sure? <laughs> They that wait on the Lord 
get exasperated and discouraged. Now what happens? If you're in faith and patience and you have hope, it's giving you joy. What does joy do for you? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, are you awake? I hope you're awake because this this is life changing. What gives you hope? Let's back up again. What is hope? Joyous, confident expectation. I was expecting a submarine. Remember that? Why was I expecting a submarine? Because they told me on the back of the cereal box that they, if I would do this, they would send me a submarine. So I have faith in the words on the back of a cereal box. I'm persuaded. And because I have faith, I'm expecting something. And because I'm expecting something, I got peace. I'm not losing sleep that I'm not going to get a submarine. I'm excited. That I'm getting a submarine. And if I'm excited. What does that do? It makes me more discouraged. As every day goes by. (laughs) No. I'm what? Something. Is quickening me. Something is renewing me. What's renewing me? My excitement. My joy is keeping me strong, and instead of wearing out, I'm picking up steam. Right? The closer I get to it, I'm thinking, glory to God. It's got to be here, if not today, tomorrow. I mean, it's got to be close. So here's the test. If you're wearing out day by day, getting more weary day by day, You're not doing the right thing. You're thinking on the wrong things. You're talking the wrong things. Your faith is not being fed. And so your hope is not there. And your joy is not there. Are you getting more weary. Every day. Or are you being renewed. Day by day. They that wait on the Lord. What happens to them? They'll renew. Their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. Run and not be weary. Run and not be weary. Somebody say not be weary. Not be weary. Not be weary. How can you just keep on going. Keep on going and not wear out. Not get discouraged. Not want to quit every other day. How do you? Because you're believing. You're persuaded. And that gives you hope. And that makes you happy. And that gives you strength. And that keeps you renewed. Come on, can you see that? And you know, even if it's years, that's just a few minutes God's time. I can do this. I can leave God. And so you don't quit and you don't fail and you don't faint. And that's the kind of man, that's the kind of woman. That while others mock and scoff and make excuses... Uh, They may laugh at you even, but in process of time, they'll quit laughing because things will happen. I said, things will happen. Things will happen. I had a man just a few days ago was talking to me about some things, and he he told me, he said, I didn't agree with you. 
He said, I, I didn't agree with what you preached. And I'm sure it was wrong. He said, but you are so blessed. Amen. <laughs> Things just keep happening. And they just keep happening. And they just keep happening. He's talking about over a period of years. That's supposed to be every one of us, isn't it? Amen. They may, don't try to shove your beliefs down people. If they're not ready, they're just not ready. You can be patient with them too. You can be in faith with them whether they like it or not. You can just smile at them and go, you'll get it one day. <laughs> and they go, leave me alone. <laughs> you can't get away from my prayer. You can't get away from my love. You'll get it one day. Well, I hate you. Well, I like you. Love is unconquerable. There's no defense against it. You can love people whether they like it or not, whether they want you to or not. And you can believe for them. Believe for them. And be patient and be perseverant. Oh, I'm so thankful. You know, so many good things have happened. I I know grandmas and mamas and grandpas and prayed for folks and prayed for kids and grandkids when they're acting like heathen and running the wrong way, right? But they wouldn't give up on them. They wouldn't quit. They just kept on believing, kept on praying. And kept expecting. Kept expecting. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. You know if you got people in your family. That's not going to live right. Not going to believe God. They need somebody that is. Like you. And you can just keep praying. And keep believing no matter what they do. And and just smile. And and even if they don't understand it. Just say you'll get it. You'll get it. We're going to stay with it. They that wait upon the Lord. Tell me what happens to them. They shall renew their strength. So this is not a picture of you believing God year after year and just getting weaker and more tired and more worn and say, I've been believing God for now on 40 years. It's been a long, hard way. No, no, you hadn't. Because if you've really been believing God, I said, if you've really been believing God, you'll be renewed. (laughs) If you're getting weaker and more weary, you've been looking at the wrong thing. You've been thinking on the wrong thing. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. You can't keep talking about the problem. You can't see your miracle Looking at the problem. You can't see your healing looking at the disease. You can't see your provision looking at the pile of bills. You got to look to him. Look into Jesus. The author and the finisher of your faith. Keep talking about what he told you. He told me. With long life he'd satisfy me. And show me his salvation. So that's what I believe. If I can believe the back of a cereal box. I can believe that. Right? That's what I believe, and because I believe it, I'm expecting it. And because I'm expecting that, it makes me glad. It makes me happy. And that joy gives me strength. It quickens me. Hallelujah. And as I'm waiting on the Lord, I'm renewed. I'm renewed day by day. And instead of slowing down and getting draggy, I'm speeding up. I'm stepping up. Why? I'm closer than I've ever been to what I'm living for. No reason to be discouraged. 
Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you Father. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In closing Ecclesiastes 7 says this. It says better is the end of a thing. Than the beginning. Hallelujah. And the what? Patient. This uh, Ecclesiastes 7, 8. They'll put it up on the screen. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning. You know it's true? I got two amens and a grunt. (laughs) Better? Is it true or not? Better is the end of a thing than the beginning. You know what's better than... It's when you leave here. To depart and be with Christ is. It's far better. To die is gain. For the believer. And I. I've had an excitement. Welling in my spirit. In in recent months. We've been in the ministry now for over 30 years. Which is. uh, What. 40 minutes. <laughs> God time. Almost an hour. Soon be an hour in the ministry. <laughs> and uh, a lot of things that you look back now, you just didn't know. You were so green and getting started and you had very little momentum. And uh, I-, I can look back now that this has been uh, we reached this, and then we reached this, and this has been built upon this, and this has been built upon this, and and now I begin to see the word production center, and, and I begin to see the potential and and the outreach, and I am totally convinced we got exciting days in front of us. the The end of our part of this is so much better than what we've we've seen good things and had good things, but if we knew the truth and believed the truth. Would we be excited? Would we be expect? I mean, we ought to be expecting a lot more than I was for that submarine, right? We ought to be expecting. And that joy would keep us up. But the moment you see you start dragging and you start going, whatever, another day, okay, all right. That means you're not believing. You've stopped your believing. And you've stopped your expecting. And so if you're not believing for anything, you're not expecting anything, nothing's coming. Nothing's headed your way. You get what you believe for. So you've heard us say it a lot of times, but can you see even stronger today when I say, how could you tell? (laughs) You ever heard that before? How could you tell if you were believing for this? How could you tell if you were in faith? What's the answer? Anybody know? You'd be... Excited about it, which is joy. You'd have joy. And would that joy help you out? It's the very thing you need. Your body needs it. Your liver needs it. Your kidneys need it. Your stomach needs it. Your head needs it. Come on, are you listening? Your joints need it. Every part of your being needs this strength that comes from supernatural joy. Hallelujah. And even if you've been dragging around, you get that working in you and you pep up, sonny boy. You step up, right? And you get the twinkle back in your eye. Hallelujah. And the spring back in your step. And the next thing you know, 
miracles start happening for you. God begins to show up. Things begin to happen. Happen for you that don't happen for everybody else. Why? Because they're still sad and it's still bad. (laughs) No such thing as a grumpy believer. (laughs) Do you know that? Because if you really were in faith, you'd have hope, expectation, and that would give you joy, and that joy would give you strength. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet, everybody. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, lift up your hands, lift up your hearts, lift up your voices. Let's thank the Lord for victory, victory, total victory in Him. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.